0: Hello to all of you worms out there, and welcome to the 12th episode of the Worm Burner Podcast. I am your host, Justin, and before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to at least apologize for missing this past week. I had so much on my plate, and I just wasn't able to dedicate the time that I wanted to making this episode. So, uh, without further ado, this week is going to be jam-packed with striker roles or striker plus a uh, attacking right and left midfield position. So, I view it as kind of a mixture when it when it comes to this role but so the first one is going to be a false nine for the striker position and then the attacking left and right midfielder role that I'm going to be putting into this episode is called a Reimdeuter which is a German for space interpreter so we'll be talking about that and of course finishing with the extra man advice of the week so without further ado let me get my stuff together and we'll be ready for this week's episode Alright, and we are back. So this week, as I had stated before, we are going to be talking about the false nine position for strikers and the Reumdeuter position for the attacking left and right midfielders. So, a false nine is much like the deep-lying forward, except for the fact that this is primarily done and it's completed when you are dropping back and helping your defense, but you also have an attacking mentality. So this is something that uh, a lot of people can use for a very advanced attacking midfielder. Um, So this is kind of like a deep line playmaker. It's just a different context. So the best way that I can explain a false nine is it is the box-to-box midfielder for strikers. They are defending and attacking uh, equally. Uh, But when it comes to actual which mentality is more important to a false nine, uh, that is primarily a balance. So there is no uh, more defensive or more attacking mentality for a false nine. Um, If there is an instance in which a false nine becomes more aggressive, that is probably one of the one instances where an attacking mentality is put more forward than a defensive mentality but the purpose of a false 9 is to help both attack and defense equally there is no uh, prime primary mentality when it comes to a deep lying pl- or when it comes to a false 9 so a very good example of a false 9 is Messi at the very beginning of his career when he was under the tutelage of Pep Guardiola at Barcelona And when it comes to False 9, he was a lot more aggressive when it came to the role. So this is what I was talking about for that one exception to the rule of being a more aggressive False 9. So so much like the deep-lying playmaker, the False 9 needs to be able to drop back and find the spaces in between the midfield and defense when it comes to specific possessions. So this is one of those that it's a bit a bit of a combination between a enganche as well, which we had already previously covered. The enganche role is a person that is trying to find those spaces in between. He doesn't move that much, uh, but he is finding that space in between to switch that attack to defense. But the false nine is much more active. They are the ones that are coming back, helping to defend, like the deep lying forward. But within the same breath, they have the attacking mentality of an enganche, so that that they aren't running forward so much as maybe the other strikers put or the other striker roles would. So like a, poach, a poacher, a complete forward, something like that. They won't be as advanced as them, but they have that same attacking mentality of being able to switch defense to attack, much like the Enganche, except they have, again, a much more defensive mentality like a deep-lying forward. So being able to have those differences with the role is extremely important, and being able to maybe pull the defense forward when they don't want to be pushed forward, and the purpose of a a false nine is the whole point of trying to pull the defense into a position where you don't want them to. And so the center defenders, when it comes to a false nine, are tend to be in a man-to-man press. So they are on top of the striker. And... When you deploy the false nine, these center defenders that are man-marking the striker, they are getting pulled out of position. So when you have a back four, for example, so a left back, two center defenders, and a, a right back, that false nine is pulling one of them away. Primarily, it's going to be the center defender nine times out of ten, unless they are forward and maybe that right back or the left back is up in the attack. and your team is trying to counter at a very fast pace. That's probably one of the rare instances where you're in a position between three defenders. But if they're man-marking that striker, that is where they're going to be pushing forward and trying to make sure that they don't gain possession of the ball. But that's actually the purpose of of a false nine is to pull them out of position when you gain possession, and false nines tend to have a much more better, or a much better, sorry, grammar's kind of leaving me now, but the purpose of a false nine is to actually have that technical ability on the ball, being able to possess the ball and hold the ball like an enganche would being able to have that control, having the ability to control the pace as well of the game. The false nine tends to hold the ball a little longer when it comes to waiting for a attacking position or an attacking run from one of their teammates as well. When that opening is created by a man-marked center defender, it leaves a hole in the middle of the defense, and that's what your team is trying to maybe exploit during a specific situation. And when your coach is asking you to do that, that is the duty of the left and right attacking midfielders, respectively, to see that hole in between. And maybe the false nine can pass the ball over the top of the defenders, and that's where the left or right attacking midfielder can run onto the ball, uh, and that again, this is where it comes to the detail of maybe the actual mentality of the team, and something that we'll get to later on when it comes to more episodes of the overall team mentality. These are all, the the episodes that have preceded this have all been about individual mentality when it comes to a specific game now there's there's and there is that big difference when I had previously discussed gig impressing that is actually a team mentality and I should have been the one to express that but uh, nevertheless this is where we still move on the false nine is not a good instance for a gig impress so that's one of the one things that I would say for that so a good mentality to have as a false nine is to being able to drop back, defend while within the same breath, being able to hold the ball, possess the ball, and waiting for your teammates to be able to get into a more attacking uh, presence or an attacking position, maybe utilizing the hole in the defense that you have been able to create. and this is like i said this is much like the enganche it's not a very pretty role when it comes to glamorous uh maybe goals or anything like that there there can be instances of course because when you are in a very good position and you are finding the space in between the defenders that is something that you can even utilize. Another good example of a false nine is, in some instances, uh, Roberto Firmino at Liverpool has been used as a false nine, uh, and it's it's very interesting to be able to see a player like him do it because he is able to understand the rules that uh, Sane and Salah, or Mane and Sala, sorry, uh, Mane and Salah are. Are he is the one that is interpreting the holes that he is creating by pulling the center defenders away from their line, um, and teams need to be able to understand that, and so that's what leads to a very fast counter when you have those fast, uh, or when you have those uh, false nine players. But Roberto Firmino is a much more defensive false nine when it comes to Messi's. Messi's was a much more aggressive version of this. Player or of this um, mentality and role. So, without further ado, I want to be able to go to the next position, which would be the left and right attacking midfielder role that I wanted to get into. Is one that was created and most likely will be the only position or the only person to play this role is a Roimdeuter. So, as I explained before, a Roimdeuter is a space interpreter. They are a person that is finding those holes and finding those positions in which you can exploit the defense or midfield even. When you have holes and when you have those overloads when it comes to your team having numerical advantage within a specific area of the pitch, a Deuter is a very good example of being able to have the space and being able to run with the ball even when the team, the the opposing team, isn't near you, and that's the purpose of a Reimdeuter. They are actively looking for open spaces even if it's out of the position that they are in. So, like for an ex- for an example, uh, Thomas Mueller, which is a player for Bayern Munich, he normally plays on the right attacking mid attacking midfield position, and He can sometimes drift centrally uh, if the position is available to him. And again, this all has to do with space interpretation. He constantly has his head on a swivel, which is something that I express multiple times to my players whenever I teach them. Keep your head on a swivel, making sure you look and you are able to see maybe this player is going this way by the way he's running. So it leaves an opportunity for me to slip behind him and there will be space for him to, or there will be space behind him to where my teammate can even pass it to me. And there'll be 10, 15, 20 yards even between me and the next player. And and that's the purpose of the Deuter, which is, again, something that I have seen from, excuse me, multiple positions other than the right and left attacking midfielders. Um, but this is a very important Way to express an attack as well, and I have seen multiple teams being able to at least invoke some way of this position, but it's not the exact same. So, the Reimdeuter is a much more defensive position or a defensive mentality when it comes to this role. Um, so it's not a very attacking one, but uh, if the switch needs to be made between attack and defense. This can be done. Thomas Mueller has done this multiple times, uh, obviously, because he is a very attacking, attack-minded player when it comes to the right attacking midfield position. So... But this is exactly why I put Röhm-Deuter with the false nine position, because that spatial awareness, being able to pull players out of the position they are in, is the whole premise of an attacking mentality for a team. And I forgot which coach or player made this quote, but so I can't credit them the way that I want to, but coach and or player stated that the team that wins is the one that makes the least amount of mistakes. And of course, that's always the way that it should be when it comes to soccer. But when you are talking about spatial awareness and being able to pull the defenders out of the specific section um, or the specific area that they are trying to defend, this is the best opportunity that you can engage and be able to have a attacking premise within the game. And if your teammates don't see those opportunities, that's okay, being able to talk to them at halftime, and then again with the coach. The coach may see it as well when the other players didn't see it. And again, this is the role of both the players and the coach to be able to say, hey, these positions and these these pulls that certain players are creating are creating uh, overloads within a specific area or maybe even they're pulling a, a player completely out of position and they're leaving their defense vulnerable. It can happen. It will happen. It will always happen throughout the entire Uh, test of time when it comes to soccer. And that is where your team needs to be able to find those examples and find those times where the players are making the mistakes that they are. And this is where it kind of goes to that mentality of the game when it comes to individuals uh, playing the game, being able to find the mistakes that your team is making. You need to Of course, being able to exploit it, and that is the whole purpose of uh, the attacking mentality. And that's when I want to come back and go to the defensive mentality. A defensive mentality, being able to come back. I know so many players that, and even myself, I find myself susceptible to this as as well. Sometimes players just don't want to come back and defend, but you can't make it a habit. And when it comes to players that don't want to come back and defend... You are putting your team at risk, not wanting to defend. You are making it more likely that the other team is going to score. And, of course, this is a mentality that is being suppressed when it comes to the American way. The American way of soccer, as I had stated before, is very attacking. So when something is not attacking, we tend to lose interest when it comes to soccer and that's something that we need to change obviously I again like I said I have to throw myself under the bus as well when it comes to defending I may not be the greatest but it needs to be done and when you are having players that don't have that defensive mentality that they need to for a false nine or for a run deuter that is something that you need to be able to play and and accept when it comes to uh, playing soccer, you can't have a shootout with another team. Uh, nine times out of ten, because if you don't come back and help defend your team, again, as I had stated before, is in a it could be in a new nu- in a numerical disadvantage, and you don't want that for your team because again, that is more likely to be the time when the opposing team scores or the opposing team has the ability to make a dangerous chance that maybe your team gets lucky to be able to get out of. And it can happen. It, it's uh, I've seen it before, and it won't ever be an instance where it won't ever happen again. But you need to be able to come back and defend. So being able to accept both of the mentalities of attack and defense for these roles is so important and something that, as a coach and even as a player, you may have... Uh, players or teammates, or even yourself, where you don't want to do it. But again, this is all about acceptance and being able to do both. And the sooner that you are able to accept that, the better player you can be sooner or faster. Um, it It's not going to be happen over time. This is something that has to be done uh, studying, being able to see videos and see instances where players are the in that defensive mentality, coming back and helping their teammates defend against opposing players. This is not something that happens overnight. It's not something that is quick to learn, but it needs to be done. And again, as I've stated, probably beating a dead horse at this point, the defensive mentality when it comes to American soccer needs to be more established. And this is a very good example of this. And so this is why I'm bringing these roles and these positions as well when it comes to this podcast is this needs to be addressed and being able to have that mentality as well when it comes to playing soccer. It's not the most glamorous way when it comes to the American mentality, but if we want to be a better soccer nation, this is something that we need to do when it comes to accepting the mentality that we need to have for being a better soccer player or being a better nation with soccer. This is, it's uh, like I had stated. It's not the most glamorous thing for us, but it needs to be done. It needs to be said, and it needs to be addressed. And so that is something that, at least personally for me, when it comes to me playing, I've been able to accept it. And again, I may not be the best defender, obviously, because that's something that I may not have spent a whole ton, a, to- a whole ton of time learning. But as a coach and as a manager, I am seeing the importance of this and being able to, well, being able to take those instances and talking to your players about being that better player, being able to come back and defend. And I, there are instances where your players will fight it. Obviously, this is something that is common. and But find a way to be able to make it interesting. Be The best way I can explain it, Create a game out of it. This is something that I've been able to do in the past and I've seen other coaches do in the past. Make a game out of it. Make something fun out of it to be able to engage your player or your student when it comes to a particular instance that they may not like or they may not understand. Make that personal connection. Make that something that they can improve and make it a game. Make it fun. And that is... The whole purpose of a coach, obviously, this this should be known. But <laughs> being able to find fun ways of being able to take these mentalities and take these these perspectives of the game to your players, and when it comes to growing as a soccer player, this is where they are able to go into another club or maybe even past when you are coaching them specifically. They are able to go into these other teams or maybe another school or university or, again, professional. They're able to take these mentalities and these games that you played, and it turns into what these teams need to be able to have when it comes to this specific player. And it it can't be done if the player is not interested at all within that parameter of the game. So let's go ahead and go to the Extra Man Advice of the Week after we have had that discussion over the False Nine and the Rhein Deuter role. So this week's Extra Man Advice of the Week is going to be plain and simple. simple. Always give 110% when it comes to playing soccer. And again, this is something that should be very easy when it comes to the the American mentality we have a underdog complex of being w- wanting to be able to give that 110% and not give anything less and that's one of the things when it comes to why i am very interested as to why we don't have a more defensive mentality when it comes to soccer and That's okay. It's something that you need to be able or or people in general when it comes to soccer, maybe need to be able to get better at. And uh, again, me personally, I need to as well. I'll throw myself under the bus, as I've I've stated before. This is something that we need to be able to address and say, hey, let's give 110%. You need to drop back and defend. That's something that, again, your teammate, your coach, or maybe even mentally yourself, you have to tell yourself to uh, get back in the game. Being able to create those opportunities for your team and for your teammates, Uh, being able to drop back and defend it can be a very vital and important thing, Uh, and we need to express and have that importance. So being able to give that 110% for your team is probably the best thing that you can do. Uh, And being able to tell yourself at the end of the day that you were proud with the way that you played. again. Maybe be a little critical don't don't beat yourself up very very badly. Take the opportunities where you've made a mistake and make notes of it and tell your coach be able to say, "Hey, I need help and That's what I had stated in one of my previous episodes. Nine times out of ten when you have a mistake that you want to fix and you want to be able to be better at your coaches are going to be able to help you, and they're going to be able to take time and help you get better, and not make that same mistake again. So with that, I wanted to go ahead and end this episode here. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A million times thank you for listening to the 12th episode of the Worm Burner Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Uh, Stay safe, have fun, love soccer, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Ciao, everyone.